Hey everyone, before we begin our very spicy journey, we wanted to let you know that there are spoilers to the Dune series in this episode, along with uh, spoilers after a midpoint in the episode for Dune the film. I know the books are old, but you know, we also respect how you want to be exposed to this world, so we wanted to make sure you knew that up top. And granted, the mentions are very quick and in like a nerdy passing way, and we totally let you know that Paul is actually, you know what, I'm just going to let the episode speak for itself. Thanks so much for listening to this rambly disclaimer, and enjoy the show. What is up, Internet? I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. My name is Shahir Dowd. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. My name is Stephen Butcher. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film, Dune. Part one. Part, 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 one. part one. Was anyone part. confused by the by the uh, font where it sort of looked like dunk? Dunk. Yeah. Without, I, without mean, the, I, I made like dunk. It. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, it, was, I well, it, it was about Duncan Idaho. Oh, I really, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, there you go, Dunk. I really <laughs> like the font. I will not have the font besmirched here, gentlemen. Um, hey, well, Steve, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, for the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, um, Stephen Buja is back. Uh, Hello. Uh, lo- long time guest, my, my original... Um, consort of film review uh, from the Same Night Movie Review days. Steve, thank you so much for coming and chatting all things spicy. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I think the last time I was here was Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Oh, a movie I still have not seen. And you know what? You don't have to, but I'm trying to remember when that was, and it's all just before the pandemic, and I it's a blur. I mean, but uh, it's nice to be back. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, we're, we're very happy to have you. I we were just saying the the differences in all of the the scene. I saw Steve last weekend when we played a little Curse of Strahd, and I yeah. see you here all the damn time. But you two hadn't seen each other since like a a, a camping trip a tw- or something. Yeah, there yeah, was a camping trip last year. Yeah, there was a camping trip which we which was uh, amazing, but also the point at which I realized very thoroughly that I am not a camping person. Uh, <laughs> not because not because the camping trip wasn't delightful, but I I was so. De- dependent upon Steve and his and his knowledge of things that we were like we can't do this without Steve so we can't ever go camping again unless he's with us uh, my son really enjoyed that trip by the way he talks yeah. about it all the time um, oh, he really nice. enjoyed, and Steve made us chili while he was there and uh, my son uh, talks about that chili a lot as well really yeah he really I does enjoy, which I is enjoyed that chili. which is odd he's he's not like one to he he would tell you if he didn't like it, and he's not one to talk about food if it was not memorable to him. So, wow, take that. Okay, and he, he is, is an a, honest little dude. He is a uh, very honest little man. Uh, very fickle too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, he, and, 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 sorry, and he is five. He's six? about How to turn he six. Now? He's about to turn six. Oh, he is, is he older than the podcast? Ooh. Uh, ever so slightly. I wonder if the reason the podcast started was I needed to get away after he'd just been born. (laughs) Wow. I wonder if there there is a correlationship between the podcast and his life. We should play this clip at his wedding. (laughs) Oh, there's so many. (laughs) But we've also done episodes where he's been on the show as well. (laughs) 
I can't wait to get his opinion on a lot of things. Of course. <laughs> I actually well, showed him a couple of scenes from Dune uh, this week because I thought he would enjoy it. And he was he was like, uh, he he really liked the design of the um, of the Atreides helicopters or oh, dragonflies. The, th- the Thopter? Yeah. The Thopter. The, or Thopters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get yes. ready for some lingo, Shahir. So this is what I'm what I'm particularly excited about here is I think we're all coming at this from a couple different uh, Dune knowledge points. Mm-hmm. Um, Shahir, tell why don't you start? Tell us your history with Dune, the 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 novel or the or the IP, let's say. This is all recent history, because to be honest with you, I recall seeing the David Lynch version as a child. I remember my brother was into it, uh, but I but honestly, I didn't remember much about it. Uh, I have not read the novels. I have played the video games because I recall Dune was one of the first um real-time strategy games that you could buy that sort of precursor to Command & Conquer and precursor to um, StarCraft and all those kinds of games. So I Mm -hmm. recall playing early versions of Dune. This week has been interesting, though, because... um, And probably not for the right reasons, but I... Uh, I went worm deep on Dune lore uh, since watching Dune. So I watched Dune twice. I watched the David Lynch version. I watched the Hodorowski documentary. I poured over his drawings. I also listened to uh, the last podcast on the Lifts uh, recap of the entire series. Yeah, um, Dunecast. The Dunecast that they had. And it's very fun. So I feel like... Despite not having read the book, I have I have I have not just dipped my toes into the Dune lore. I am uh, some I'm I'm at least ankle deep or perhaps waist deep in uh, in Dune uh, lore. I wouldn't say I'm knowledgeable, but I am you know I would say I'm I'm aware of things that are happening. Of course, of yeah. course. And then Steve, where are you coming at this from? I'm coming at this from uh, a. More, more of the book side of things. I have read the first six novels in the Dune sequence, the ones written by Frank Herbert, and uh, spoiler: the only ones worth reading. Don't the, the Brian Herbert ones. Oh, Don't you've read it. the Brian, but are the Brian Herbert ones uh, not no. that good? Uh, I've not read them, but I've been told to stay away. They turn uh, this complicated, very nuanced take of on power and you know uh, authority and and and. All in all these things and breaks it down and do more of a if you're a fan of the 90s sci-fi fantasy books that they're just basically like kind of kind of mindless actions they're basically the star the star wars eu okay. of, the, <laughs> of the dune universe uh, i think they are officially they are officially canon but avoid them uh i read the i read the first six um i think less ooh, no maybe about 15 years ago i was starting a reread i've got i did the um I got through the first two because it turns out the audiobooks are also also crap and I don't really have time to read anymore so I listen to a lot of things. Huh. So for me to for me to read an actual book, I feel very very impressed. So I've uh, I've done that, but which is good cuz these I wanted to read all 6 of them, but this one only concerns the Dennis Villeneuve uh, plan is basically the first two. So I got that covered. Well, it's uh, it's I, like book and a half with a reshuffle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. and it should be noted that when we talk about books one through three, it's really it's really one book at this point that you buy. Like if you're talking about the physical book, do you know what mm. I mean? Like it's yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's a little bit it's a little bit discombobulated. Yeah, it is. Uh, let's see, I, but I did recently. I rewatched. I watched a, an, inter- an interesting take on David Lynch's uh, Dune, mm-hmm. uh, which is a film I saw 
when I was younger because obviously I have to see all the, all the sci-fi movies and did not like then. And when I don't like a sci-fi movie when I'm, when I'm 14, there's something <laughs> wrong. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, it was time like, you know what? That's not me. I feel like this is a bad... I think in all of this Dune IP, we've also uh, not discussed. I, I don't think any of us have seen the miniseries, right? They came out in the. No, I, I, no. I did. I did. Oh, I did. did. I did. It, I did in two thousand. I honestly, I, I don't know why I didn't look for it right yeah. now, but because there was a lot of other things, I did watch the uh, Jodorowsky doc, which is yeah. Uh, wild, yeah, uh, to uh, to say the least. So uh, yeah, I'm like I'm into it. I don't. I, I can't say I'm the biggest like. I'm a Lord of the Rings guy, so you know Dune. But Dune is—I do acknowledge it. I have—I can play around with all of the themes that are going on there, but I can't say I'm like the biggest hardcore fan. You, you, you know, you know it. me. Yeah. Yes, you, you I, I, I definitely it, respect. Me. But you'd also like snap in the corner with your with your you know elvish brethren while they sort of circle each other with knives uh the chris knife like basically <laughs> if you're gangs like you know the other one has you know they're dangerous or they're effective or powerful but just you're not part of that <laughs> no i'm not i'm not so that uh, that's where i am coming from matt where are you coming from so i i i feel like i have both the most interesting and the most benign history with dune i read it when i was young I did not like it. I think my tastes were too much exactly. I probably would have enjoyed the later books by his son more <laughs> when I read the original Dune. Then when I started at EC, we started doing a book club uh, and about some of the sci-fi stuff that we did for the series Extra Sci-Fi. And we did a book club on Dune. And we read two chapters a session. And I undulated between reading and using the audiobook. The audiobooks are a little bit infuriating because uh, at least the one I listened to for pieces of it. It's voice acted, which is cool, and the actors are good, but they only do that for, like, half the chapters for some fucking reason. And, like, then the rest, they go back to a regular narrator, and it makes it, like, Dune's... I always get mad when people are like, oh, Dune's so complex. Like, it's just so hard to understand. No, it's fucking not. Pay the goddamn attention. But when you do that with a audiobook on top of, like, you know, a slightly more complex narrative arc and world building than you're used to in a novel, then it just throws the entire thing out the window. So regardless of all of that, I basically tried listening to it and then I'd go back and read the book because I was like, I can't, I can't take in information like this. I fell so much in love with dune uh in in my in my in my 30s and uh and now i i'd seen the david lynch film i also didn't like i remember nothing i remember two things from that movie i remember the intro with the um the 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 princess sort of telling you the, the story princess irulan and and like fading in and then fading out and then i'm like oh, okay movie's gonna start and then she fades back in again and i'm like <laughs> <sighs> and I remember Sting's uh, underwear. Yes, those are the two things I remember from that film. Underwear. Oh my god, fun, I have I have four fun pairs. Fa yeah. Yes. yeah, fun 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 fact. That was not a costume. Sting just had that underwear. Yeah, he just he just brought it. He just brought it to set. All, his, all, his, all of his ensembles. He just like, yeah, I got this. It's great. I can I, imagine uh, David Lynch doing that whole that TikTok meme. Where your clothes at? 
You know, he just, like, <laughs> this thing just walks out without any clothes. Uh, uh, no, but so you have read the book. You've enjoyed the book, I'm presuming. Yes. You are versed in Dune lore, so to speak, uh, and you are ready to take on Denis Villeneuve's uh, adapt- recent adaptation. Yes, and oh, and, and also we should probably talk about, too, how we saw these films, because apparently that's part of the yes. narrative of film craft discussion at this point. I went, uh, actually, friend with a uh, friend of the show, Patrick H. Willems, mm-hmm. to go to an IMAX uh, screening Ooh. of it, because we just absolutely had to, and I will say, I think that was a boon and a half. Um, it was weird, though, because it was the most full that I had been, like the most full theater I had been in in two years. Right. Um, wow. They okay. checked vaccination cards. Everyone wore their masks. People were, at least in my general viewing vicinity, uh, everyone seemed very respectful. They seemed on top of their game as much as a movie theater chain can. Um, shout out to the Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Square Theater. What time of the day um, did you go? We went at 4 p.m. Okay. And it was full. Okay. On a Friday. Mm, yeah. In New York City. I was so, contemplating going, um, but I would go on like a Tuesday morning or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. I, and maybe yeah. like in a week or so yeah. when it died. But, but it was yeah. it was packed, and you know, it felt weird, but I was also really happy to see that. Right. Like for two reasons. One, I love big blockbusters at IMAX that like, you know, that are fun, that like people actually show up to see, and now we haven't seen that in a long time. And two, I could not believe that that blockbuster was Dune. Right. Like <laughs> that felt weird. How did you guys see this? Wait, thing? hang on. Why why could you not believe that it was it was Dune? Because what's, Dune what's... Dune is not the thing that brings the boys to the yard, Shahir. Like it's like this deep nerd lore nonsense, at least until now, when it's become mainstream. Like there's hmm. it just felt not bad, just like, wow, we're living in weird times. I got the same feeling I got from this. Like it's so weird that there's so many people psyched for Dune that I got when I'm like, wow, it's weird that so many people are psyched for Iron Man. Like, it's that <laughs> thing you're into that, like, huh. is not cool that is all of a sudden cool. And I, I love it. I, this is not me. I, I, I want more of my nerdy interest to become mainstream. Please, uh, <laughs> everyone should play Enter the Gungeon, like, right now. But the, the, it, just felt, it just felt nice and odd. To me, okay. uh, to have this thing that was such a small part in in my nerd lore culture that was important to me now blowed up to the biggest screen possible. I think there's something about Dune, though, or at least Dune. The conversation in the last week, um, especially if you compare this with the, I know Eternals is rolling out right now, but this really, um, perhaps it's a co- combination of Villeneuve, uh, the pandemic. Um, the actual material and, you know, people finding the material. And, and we are in a, we're in a sort of post-Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings kind of world now where mm-hmm. this material makes sense in that world. And also, I think this is the... There, there's something about this that really conjures the sense of event filmmaking that I think yes. um, as much as, you know, uh, Marvel has basically dominated the space for the last, you know, 10 to 15 years has somewhat been diminished uh, in a way. Like, like I don't feel like Black Widow was an event. I don't feel like Captain Marvel was an event. I'm not entirely certain that The Eternals is an event, but I did feel like Dune um, was an event. Um, Dune felt like something yeah. that we had not seen before, or mm-hmm. at least it was advertised that way, and I believed it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think also a lot of it has to do... It's the Star Wars problem. Star Wars was special because... 
you only had a little of it, and mm. now there's you know this, this, this show, that show, yeah, but like, like Star Wars doesn't feel like an event anymore. You no, know, no, it doesn't feel like an event. Dune yeah. is you had you had the one bad movie from '84. You had the sci-fi miniseries, which is just fine. It it, yeah. it tells the story very admirably, and that's it. And you know, combine that with. Uh, I think I believe Timothy Chalamet is well loved by everybody. Yeah. I want to punch him in the face, but I will respect him as a. But didn't amazing you always actor. want to punch Paul in the face? <laughs> yes, we, that's we true. should get to Great Paul casting. in a second. But also, but also yeah. Villeneuve as a filmmaker, I think is coming into into this sort of status that we saw. I think um, you know, comparably the the person I'm thinking about is Peter Jackson. When Peter Jackson, you know, rolled out with Lord of the Rings, we were like, oh my god, we're in the sort of you know the hands of a filmmaker who uh, has a command of the of the of the scope of the screen in a way that very few people do he's the captain now (laughs) and and and, yeah he is the captain and and to put it in context this way um black widow had a higher budget than um than dune dune is 165 million uh black widow is a 200 million dollar movie and and the sense of scale and scope between those two things feels very very different like you feel wow. like the i'm sure this is the way for you matt uh the imax experience of dune felt like you saw all those dollars on screen right oh yeah very much i don't i don't know why you keep trying to poo-poo on black widow when we're talking about this though because uh, it's not a great yeah. movie for one and uh it's it's i i my, my only comparison here is that it is uh that it feels like a very much a a non-event and one easily forgotten. Let's not forget how it was released as well. I'm not even going to talk about the whether or not you enjoyed the I, film I'll or put, not. Well, like, let's put it this way as well. Tenant, I think, is a movie that didn't quite make an impact as an event film. Like as a you know, like sure. that is a film that should that have been too, an event film, but was not. That right? to me feels more like an apt thing. Not not to say whether or not Black Widow is good or bad, or if you liked it or you didn't like it. Tenant felt like something like, ooh, this seems new and exciting. And then I saw it, and it didn't really connect with me. Dune, right. even, like, I feel like, and again, it's hard because I'm into the, the the IP, I feel like the visuals and everything about it was like, ooh, this feels like it's something new and exciting. To Steve's point, it's like something new. It's not like a Star Wars that we completely understand. It's so yeah. ubiquitous and, and now. And in the same, uh, I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not uh, poo-pooing specifically on Black Widow, but I also, you know, the same point with Star Wars. I feel like Star Wars doesn't feel like an event anymore. Right. Right. It just feels like it comes and goes and we just kind of forget about it. Yeah. I feel like this like my wife and I sat down to watch Dune and I was an asshole about it. And I was like, look, we're going to turn the lights. We're going to get the sound right. You know, like I'm I'm really going to get this right. And like no talking. And um, (laughs) and and even she was like, you know, at the end of it, she was like, that was pretty mesmerizing. You know, like I, I have, you know, she had certain thoughts about the film itself, but she was like, there's no denying that that was a lot of movie on screen. (laughs) You know, like there was a lot to see there. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It does feel like if you want to if you want to do that that old cliche of like what's what is cinema? Yeah, this is cinema. This, this is a movie. This I'm reminded of when people first saw Lawrence of Arabia, mm. which is which is directly referenced by this film. Yeah, yeah. Ab- like ab- 100% absolutely. Just yeah. the the sense of like like watching this movie. I saw it on I saw it on HBO Max on my like paltry screen, and I was thirsty. And yeah. I can only imagine just watching Lawrence of Arabia, watching this film. In IMAX, going like I need a drink. It was pretty dope. Something. I had a big it's, uh, one. It's so yeah. It's it's something. It's something special like that. And I think last year, you know, we everybody was seeing things all the same. And to have something that demands to be seen on the big screen, whether you see it on the big screen or not, is a little more special. Like the people, like the Bond, 
is like I like I enjoyed No Time to Die. It's you mm-hmm. know I'm glad I saw it on the big screen. If I'd seen it on the small screen, that's fine. it would have been fine. Yeah, it would have been fine. This one I do feel. I feel a bit guilty that I did not see it on the big screen first. I'm absolutely going to go see it that that way. But you know, just scheduling, timing, life being what it is, uh, made it a little little bit hard. But I was very glad that I could see it on the yeah. on, at home. And you actually told me, and I'll cut this out if you don't want me to say it. If you're embarrassed, but didn't you buy a ticket even though you couldn't go because you wanted to vote with your dollars? Oh wow! I did, <laughs> I did. Well, I was. Uh, I guess this is this is me being like, "Hey, WB and Legendary, like, why didn't you just greenlight this beforehand? You know, you greenlight all these half other a movie. nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> it is half a movie, and it and it and it does feel like it. Yeah, uh, it's it and yeah, but, and I'm but, sure we'll sure we'll get into it when we get into the main. Discussion. But Steve, I'm happy to report that I think it was your extra was ticket your, it that was knocked you. it over the top. Right here, and now I did there, it. There yeah. will be a Dune Part Two. So I guess what I'm saying is, thank you. <laughs> You're. Everyone, you're welcome. My name will be in the credits of Dune Part yeah. 2. Like, Dune. right? Like, very small. <laughs> Dune has one Patreon fan. <laughs> and it's like, it's just at the end credits. It just, like, cut, cuts the black and just one, like, title comes up. And thank you to our Patreon sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Dude. I love that so much. And they, sp- and they spell my name wrong. I'm like, oh, oh well, God. whatever. <laughs> so much money down the drain. So, um, uh, so I, on, the, on the tenant thing, too. Tenant... And this is all media spin. I don't even blame the film itself or the filmmakers, et cetera, on any of this stuff. Tenant to me felt like a movie that was poking you like in the back and be like, hey, you got to go see this. You got to go see it in theaters. You're going to go see Tenant in theaters. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. And this movie is just like, we're around. Like, if you want to, like, come, like, come on. And like, and like, there's you some, like, you got some spice. It's cool. Yeah. yeah like, it, right. it felt, it felt more alluring because I, even with all of the advertisement for Dune, it never was like, <laughs> come on, pussy, get, get in the theater. <laughs> I, I, like, you, you have this uh, strange obsession with, uh, with characterizing Christopher Nolan as like, uh, it's not as, as the bully that is marketing. on the block. That is marketing. Like, like trying that to make you and also into sure. good movies. <laughs> but I, I will say there is something there is something to this that we should discuss, which is that I think you know for the last uh, uh, I think fifteen years, uh, Christopher Nolan has made a home at Warner Brothers, yep. where he has made all of his work movies, has been heavily supported by, um, and recently has left. De- I think Denis Villeneuve is the new kid at Warner Brothers, where they're like, hey. We don't need Christopher Nolan anymore. We got our new guy over here, and he's going to give us everything we want. You know, like if it's Dune, he wants to do cool. Let's play, let's throw some money at Dune. Um, I, I do, you know, like I think there's this uh, this little bit of a changing the guard, and I we the, to that point, I think we have done quite a few Villeneuve films on this podcast. We've done yeah. Prisoners, we've done Enemy, we've done Sicario. Uh, Steve, I was, you there, I, yeah. I was there for I was there for Sicario. You were yeah. there for Sicario. We've done Blade Runner. We've done Arrival. So that is um, pretty. Yeah. Much all of his um, uh, American features we haven't done I've seen uh, Insandies and Polytechnic as well um, so we we have covered a lot of the, and it's, it's really interesting to see this guy who's gone from um, fairly low key um, dramas and, and thrillers uh, in the American production system to basically the grandest scale that you could ever imagine. And I, you know, we thought it might have happened with Blade Runner, but that movie didn't quite connect. Um, the closest analogy I can think of of where Villeneuve's ca- career is hitting right now is akin to Ridley Scott. I feel like he, you know, not just the fact that he is taking on Blade Runner and not just the fact that Ridley Scott was one at one point attached to Dune early on. Um, 
I think there is this sort of trajectory about grand scale that Ridley Scott and perhaps even David Lean, if we want to go a little further back, had these, he feels like he's kind of itching into that territory somewhat. And I'm really, you know, he's still a very young filmmaker, so I'm very curious where his career goes from this point. But the success of Dune, at this point, the fact that it's a major talking point, the fact that the sequel has been greenlit, uh, I think all points to uh, Villeneuve is about to become, you know, like we probably knew and talked about him on this podcast because we were fans. I feel like Villeneuve is about to become a household name or at least itch closer towards becoming a household name uh, in the next five to ten years. And you know what? And people are going to fuck that name up. Yeah, for the next five to ten years. I can't say I, st- right. I still, I still am like Dennis Villanueva. Villa. I'm like, uh, it's just, I just like, Dem- 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 I call, I call him Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, I thought it's Villeneuve, but uh, I actually, a listener did write us in about this at one point years ago when we did another podcast episode about it and corrected me uh, on it. So I, I may still be getting it wrong, but uh, <laughs> I've uh, listened to him say his name yeah. and I can't get it right, and that is on yeah. me, and yeah. I apologize. <laughs> um, well. You know, we've talked a lot about uh, Denis Villeneuve and and Dune and and what we what our own experiences are with Dune. You know, what's most important about Dune being a film now, though, is what IMDb says Dune is about. <sighs> so, IMDb says Dune is the feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and the most vital element. In the galaxy, oil. It's oil. I get it. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, 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 uh, it's a metaphor. <laughs> no, but, but what that, for? I think. I think that wildly. That's not. It's not like I, I just listened to your Halloween Kills episode. By the way, Matt, I uh, will not. Will not see it despite your recommendation. Uh, <laughs> I, I just. Yeah, but I don't think you'd like it. I probably. I, pro- I probably wouldn't. But uh, that. That. That IMDb. Uh, plot summary got it got it nicely this one i feel like with most uh with most doing things does miss the kind of miss the point yep because you could never capturing dune in uh in even a few paragraphs i feel like maybe a little hard unless you unless unless you just want to say it's space game of thrones mm. in which case i'm like I've, it's sorry space game of thrones with sandworms instead of dragons like <laughs> Right. Sure. Right. Okay. Um, I'm not yeah, sure. I'm not sure it's how hard. our <laughs> podcast became the IMDb critique. Uh, I, uh, I did <laughs> that. I did I, that. I, I'm like, who cares what what IMDb is? is because like- one day we're gonna run into uh, the the IMDb themselves, right? And we're going to have to have a reckoning. And I want them to know that someone out there. It, it's it comes from a place of one love. person out there. <laughs> someone <laughs> out there, me, uh, wants them to do their best work. That's okay. what I want. Yeah. All right. But as uh okay, so so I guess we're talking about the movie now? I guess we're going to talk about the movie now. I mean, wow. I, I mean, I, no, no, let's let's stick on the IMDb for a little while. Okay. So so what, <laughs> okay. it's only three it's only one run on set. No. Yeah. Um so I mean, I I guess I, I I'll start. Um uh I liked it. Um the Obviously, I mean, it's so funny because everything I, you say about this movie, I feel like is kind of blatant in a certain way until we get into some nitty gritty. But like, obviously, it's gorgeous. It demands your attention. I think Shahir even said like it, it it feels like an event when you're watching it. 
um, the the shot choice and the lighting and the way that they've designed all of the technology around it felt like it was actually real and lived in, which in a sci-fi epic of this kind of technological magnitude is highly impressive. Nothing ever felt like, and now we're on the green screen. Mm. Like, it, it mm. all really felt lived in. Uh, even on Caladan, which you could so easily go the, the Naboo route and just fuck that up royally, Caladan felt like a place. Hmm. Like, I know we didn't see much of the place. Like, like, <laughs> the what? Ducally. I mean, because he's a duke. He's not, he's not royalty. Just on Caladan. <laughs> yeah, just, sure, okay. sure, 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 sure. <laughs> uh, it just, it, it, everything felt lived in. And I think that's very important if you're going to try to adapt Dune in even two and a half hours. Because one of this film's greatest strengths and weaknesses, depending on what you're going to it for, is that it is a reshuffle and summation of the first book and a half. And like it leaves out actually a lot of my favorite parts, which I will get into. But I'm curious if anyone would actually notice because I think the resh- like that hasn't read the book because I feel like the reshuffle works. Like it's it's not it's not a change. It's not any changes that I am angry at. I think it works for the format, um, though. At the same time, I will say, and I know that HBO is coming out with like a Betty Jesuit series um, at some point, but I do feel like I saw this and I was like, man, I would kill for this to be a one and done 10 episode HBO series and like an hour a pop and call it a day. Like, because right. then you could get into all that nitty gritty and some of like, again, not, I think the movie captures what Dune is trying to say and do, but it also shortchanges a few characters to get there, and I feel like you could get across the like the the world looks gorgeous and cool in this film, but you could get across why it's interesting on top of that if given more time. Um, so my 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 honestly my gripe with it was probably one of its greatest strengths and why it's going to be more of a mainstream thing is that it what my my gripe is the format not what I saw right <laughs> if that makes sense yeah. um who it does. who, who uh, Shahir let's let Steve go last to wrap this up what did you think about the first impressions um I feel like I have the sort of long and complicated thoughts about it uh, about this film and I did watch it twice and I did enjoy it um and I think it is magisterial in all the ways that I think Villeneuve is uh, done for you know done in the past. I Blade Runner was not a film I absolutely loved, but I was like always mesmerized by what I was seeing on screen, and that tradition carries on here. I think his best work uh, is Prisoners and Arrival. I think those two films are extraordinary. Arrival's so good. Um, I, so I you know, like I no question about uh, his his uh, capacity as a filmmaker. I think from a uh, you know it's a two and a half hour movie that just floats by uh, without really. Um, ever looking at the clock and, and without ever feeling like, um, you know, what is going to happen next. I think it just, he, he has a, uh, a sort of fantastic command of storytelling and, and, um, um, and the cinematic language obviously goes without saying. Um, I did think the, I, like you, Matt, I think on a, on a very fundamental level, I felt like I just watched the first episode of a really, of the most expensive HBO show uh, ever made. And I was like, great uh i can't wait for episode two to come out and that was all i kind of at the end of it i was like that's all i really have to say about this which is that we really are just talking about half a movie here uh which is really unfortunate it was a majestic first half of a movie uh and you know absolutely mesmerizing uh but nonetheless still just half a movie and um and i think the problem there was that some of what i thought was um 
problematic about the story itself, not least of which the fact that it is, despite coming ahead of Star Wars, now feels derivative of Star Wars uh, because of the way, you know, the way history has played out. Um, and, and, and a lot of things, actually. Um, th- th- there were elements to this that were exacerbated by the fact that we were just watching one half of a story. And those elements were the sort of... Um, uh, thinly veiled uh, analogies towards the Middle East and Orientalism and, and kind of this otherness of um, uh, of Middle Eastern cultures, which I felt very pervasive throughout the film. And I was kind mm-hmm. of always, um, always kind of felt uh, prevalent uh, during during the experience. And and this sort of um, white savior, you know, great man, single single story trope. I know in the Dune lore, that is a story that gets interrogated um to quite a degree um but there is this this sort of underlying issue here which is that in 2021 a film which is seeking to which eventually is seeking to interrogate that idea is essentially a story about that idea and yeah told from, it, and yeah, told yeah. from the point of view of that idea and and uh, you know told from the point of view of the single white savior kind of narrative and 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 the problem there is that this the fact that we only get a truncated film really exacerbates that problem yeah. um, because the film itself does not really interrogate that idea within the context of this two and a half hours. It may do later on, and I'm sure that's where it's going, but as a standalone film on itself, we are watching <laughs> a single you know, white savior story. 1,000%. And, and it's so interesting it's, that like... They just chose to do it that way still yeah. and like break it up in this particular way. Cause like, yeah, that's prevalent. Yeah. And it's, and it's it really is. problematic as an, as an experience of, on its own. Yes. Like, so watching this film on its own, I think just, it just falls into that trap. Even knowing the, the pedigree of filmmakers behind this and where this is all going to go, I think that was just very, um, uh, obvious to me. And, you know, and it's not helped by Hans Zimmer's like, uh, ululating score. It's not helped by, Timothy Chalamet's somewhat. Um, I, look, I like Timothy Chalamet, but I felt like there wasn't uh, a lot at play here, um, and and um, you know that that's where that's where I land on it. Despite kind of really liking it and really enjoying the experience, and like being propelled to go or being compelled to go further into mythology. Yeah. Um, Steve, I, I feel like that is a sort of a lot of a, a loaded kind of way to lead into your thoughts on the film. But um, okay. tell us uh, as a, as the expert book reader on this one. <laughs> In air quotes. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, that is a lot to unpack. I'll try to address what I can, but also tell you that I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I've seen it. I've seen it twice and, because I don't have a lot of time seeing a movie twice is always like feels like oh I'm like I'm doing I'm being naughty right now. Yeah. <laughs> um I think that the 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 the, the Dune series especially the first 3 books uh which center on Paul uh they are heavily about the these many ideas and if you when you read them you go uh, what is what is actually happening? There are a lot of people talking about things, and there's a lot of internal internal monologuing and dialogue, and you hear people's thoughts, and that's what makes it a, is what makes it a great book. I think what with the how Villeneuve presented it is certainly much easier than 
uh, Lynch did when mm. Lynch tried to, he literally inserted voiceover, like as like on screen, like here's what here's what Liet Kynes is 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 thinking about the Duke Leto and 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 all this, as mm. opposed to being a little more mature and showing and not telling. That's really my. Uh, biggest problem with Lynch's Dune is that the first 10 minutes are, we're going to tell you about this, like, oh my god, I do not need an expo dump. I have Dungeons and Dragons for that. Thank you very much. Right. Uh, so I think that this is an excellent uh, this is an excellent adaptation of the of the action of the of the actual plot of Dune. Of the events. Of the events. It's, this, is the, this is the bare bone, like we, like, there's a, t- there's a lot of stuff that happens in the first in the first like half of this novel, thirty percent of this novel, and we, or we and we have to get to it, and it does it amazingly well. I am in awe of the scale of things. I feel like, um, you know, like uh, like uh, Norma Desmond says, it's the pictures that got small. Pictures mm. have gotten small recently, but Dennis Denis Villeneuve he reminds us that the you know, the pictures are big, man, that they can be huge and spectacular, and you could you should you should feel small when you're inside a theater. Mm. Uh, so, like as a, as an adventure film, uh, it is you know it, yes, it is rote. It is uh, you know it it only, as as Shahira, as you said, it only feels derivative because we've seen all the things that have influenced it, and yeah. those things have influenced pop culture yeah. essentially. Like you know, you know you know there's a there's a there's a direct straight line from Dune to Star Wars and. Yeah. And then it's just oh yeah everything's due now it's the spice is everywhere yeah uh, I will say that you know everyone keeps trying to make an ad- adaptation obviously I think watch I don't know if any of you watch Apple's Foundation no yeah. no I haven't seen it it's, but yeah it's a it it's it, it's great and there was this one episode that takes place on a desert planet and I'm like fuck you Dennis Denny Villeneuve you could. You could you could you tell the whole story like this, but he wants he's got the Ben and Jezreel story. Uh, I think actually that the best adaptation of Dune one could ever do is a is actually a theater show. Hmm. If you think of it. if it's a stage show, you could have the asides. I'll, there's this one scene in the book where Leto is hosting uh, he's hosting a party for the Imperial delegates. Oh yeah, uh, the dinner. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, the dinner. And there's all this like back and forth, and there are these guys that come in and out saying like. We, the Atreides just attacked the uh, the base on uh, you know G- you know Getty Prime and all the all this thing and all of these actions are happening off screen and yeah. it's like a Greek tragedy it's like <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Oedipus you know yeah. he you know, we never see Oedipus stab his eyes out it happens off screen and it's like all the all these things and what you can focus on then in the theater show is all of the ideas they can you can talk about the you know, the you can get in depth about the ecology of Dune and how, you know, Kynes is supposed to be this like grand visionary yep. for the Fremen people that gets real that gets knocked down substantially because you have to you have to like you, Kynes is my favorite character and they did they did him dirty. They did her, uh, yeah, well, they, did, mean, they did her dirty. They did her dirty in this version, and that's not the reason why they just they, they I I loved the casting of Kynes in this movie. I was psyched when I saw her. And then yeah. when we didn't get literally anything about her, I was just like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're just going to put- throw the whole ecology fucking, re- like the real meat and potatoes of what this is out the door? I'm like, I get why, but I was pissed. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she uh, just, just, and I, I understand that in order to do this, you have to, you really have to, you have to scale back all of the characters or else you have a, 
14-hour movie, and Jodorowsky wonders why nobody wanted to greenlight that. I'm like, well, I think you answered your own question there, but, sir. But at the you, time, I think someone would greenlight, like, like that's essentially kind of what they're getting into now when they're talking about the sequel, the Messiah, yeah, you know, like Villeneuve also talked about doing Dune Messiah, um, and uh, there is a TV show as well. So I think they actually... Yeah. Kind of getting yeah, to that point. Yeah, anyway. yeah. They're, 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 it's it's the, Dune, the 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 Dune cinematic universe. Yeah, I do. I, I I do hope that it makes such an impact that they just go the distance. Yeah, and they get God Emperor Doom heretics and Chapter House because <laughs> <laughs> because a it gets fucking weird. I would love to see a giant talking sandworm. <laughs> and Jason Momoa is got work for years. Yeah, it just constant like always. It's great. He's just like all who will always be working and playing this character or some <laughs> version of it. It'd be, it'd be great. Uh, so long story. Like, um, yes, I like the movie. I can't wait to see the movie again. Uh, all, I think most of my problems stem from the fact that this is half a movie. Mm. And while I think Paul's arc is, you know, it's like. It got to the right step where it could stop for the time being, mm. and then we can we can we can continue on. I do think their choice of ending it where they did, it was honestly a little short. They, there's like one scene right after like that they could have inserted in, which I thought would have been a more uh, there, there's a whole a better, battle sequence that they could have basically ended on, right? Like when we could get into spoilers here, but essentially from what I'm reading and the way I would look at the story is that Paul's ascent to lead the Fremen would be the natural end point for this particular film. And then his ongoing feud with the Harkonnens and, and that sort of thing would be the next film, right? Like, yeah, that, that well, would make I, no I, sense. I, I, no, I, I actually, I actually think that Paul's uh, not necessarily Paul's ascent as the leader, yeah. but, but Paul being accepted as a Fremen and, and he was, and he was in a little bit, but uh, you guys, uh, Shahir, do you remember that? Remember the mouse he kept seeing? Yeah. 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 Like, like that's, like that's, that's the, his that's name, the, right? That's, that's yeah. That, that's his name. Like you end, you end, you end with him getting his, his siege named yeah. Usul, which yeah. can only be used by the siege tabber guys. Yeah. And then, and then you also, also Muad'Dib and you have him like walk, I was, I was picturing him walking off with Chani and you just hear like the sounds of battle and them chanting Muad'Dib, Muad'Dib and you know, it's, smash right. cut to black and then yeah, right. end but um so that that that's that's my gripe so it's like all again all my problems are that it's a half a movie and it moved so well and so good that like uh the lord of the rings trilogy like why isn't this an hour longer or, or why, why was more. The, yeah why was the promise of the second half of this contingent upon the first half i know because it seems right. like it seems like the the truncation is so specific that it's like, well, this only works if there's other part to this, right? Like, the, like yeah, this right. doesn't work if this is the only part. You know, like imagine if Lord of the Rings uh, was just the fellowship, oh. and they were like, well, we, you know, maybe if people like it, we'll make another one. You know, like that's not it, that when we watched Fellowship of the Rings, we were always in the know that, well, we'll watch Fellowship of the Rings this year. Next year there will be the Two Towers. The next year there will be the Return of the King. You know, like that's the only way this works. So to, I, I'm not sure if that was just sort of a marketing gambit or or anything to you know to get people into yeah. the theaters. But but it it does feel like to not have the promise that there will be more ultimately um, sacrifices some of what we think this movie is. Yeah. Right. As its own yeah, experience. It's, um, I want to go back right. to something you've both said because yeah. I'm just curious because I just don't see it this way. This isn't a d defense or a, or a, or a, or, a, or an attack on anything, but 
I don't see at all how this film adaptation of Dune is derivative of Star Wars. Like, yes, they're both sci-fi, no question. Um, but I think they are. They feel and look so different that I'd never even like that thought. Never even went into my head. So I think. Well, I think, may, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here, Stephen. But the way I saw it is kind of what you said, which is that there is a straight line between the cultural impact of Star Wars and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Game of Thrones and eventually to where we will be seeing Dune hid at this point. And like I blockbuster think, franchises or like what's the... the uh, I think blockbuster I would, uh, franchises, but also the, for me particularly, this, um, this um, great man, white savior kind of trope that I think, you know, like... Star in Star Wars, it's less pervasive as white man savior, but also like single great man who can save the universe kind of trope, which is what I kind of felt that this was this story was. And at this point, but that's not I, really Game of Thrones or the Marvel Cinematic. But that universe. is Dune, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, But you just said so. None of those things are that thing except Dune. So I'm still trying right. to see I, I, how I think, that's derivative. But the, the, do, the plot of a white savior is derivative. No question yeah. of of a ton of things. I don't see Star Wars in that. That's what I got confused by. No, hmm. I, I, I I was actually uh, reverse it. D- uh, do sorry, Dune the there's a line between Dune the Dune book, book and Star Wars, like Dune the and Star Wars. Like yeah. that's like George Lucas was heavily influenced by and by and the Dune. way by we, Dune. Right. and the way we've got it now in the cinematic landscape is the opposite. So it's it the feels, opposite, but so it feels like yeah. it feels oh. like Dune is is derivative of Star Wars, even though it's not. But it, I, what right. I'm saying is that's what I, I'm saying. I, what, yeah. what I'm saying, and, I, and again, this is all opinion, so it doesn't really matter. I don't feel like this film is derivative of Star Wars. I feel like this thing is as far from a Star Wars look and feel as it as a sci-fi thing in in the same wheelhouse possibly could. It's a blockbuster uh, sci-fi movie. Like, just because Star Wars is also a block... You can have a derivative thing like that. I just don't see it... Again, it's opinion. I was just curious. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't know I, if... I, also, uh, I, I think I, the voice, I think I think... The voice hmm. also kind of, like, played into the Force for me as well. Like, I, I was kind of, like, seeing echoes of the voice and the Force being sort of the similar thing. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, like, I just... I felt that those were... What was challenging was that I felt that this that that what we were seeing was stories that had been told before and it's not that and again Dune predates those but Dune cinematically does not you know what it might be and maybe this although Steve you you feel that way too so I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth either but the something that I feel like was left out of this movie and could lead down the path of like oh the voice feels like the force like whether it's sure cool uh is sort of like and you don't have time to do this in a film, but in the book or in Steve's like brilliant style <laughs> stage play, you would have time to do this. There's so many. Uh, interest- it would actually be called. Sorry, it'd be called Dunesicle, the Dune musical. All right, now I don't <laughs> want to see it. I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> um, uh, but I'll listen to the soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> Benny Jesuit. That's from the I'm, last I'm podcast. I'm surprised they didn't do Benny and the Jets for this. I just, oh, that's so good. Such an easy game. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. man. So so. But there are things and elements about this, including about how the Bene Gesserit work and the voice and, like, all this stuff that, like, the minutia of it is hyper-interesting. Uh, something uh, that they didn't touch on that's one of my absolute favorite things in the Duneverse 
is uh, how there's no AI or or like mm. uh, hyper yeah. smart computers because there was a war that was terrible and they almost took over and yada yada yada. So now they have Mentats. They mention the word Mentat, but they, and you see someone's eyes roll back. You but, see Piter's right, eyes yeah. roll back, but you don't actually Thulfiers. get. Oh, was it Thulfiers? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the. Oh, sorry. Um, I forget which one of them it was, but like. They don't go into what a mentat is or why that's important or yeah. how it works. Yeah. And so then it's just like, oh, this person has magic powers. Where actually everything in Dune is so far from magic powers, like it's it's or 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 super or like um uh like some sort of godly esque power. power. Yeah. yeah, like like so like I guess the way it is presented, I could see from that angle that the the derivative sort of vibe. I, I guess that that makes more sense to me. I, I mean, uh, the, the, and and I guess maybe what I'm suggesting here is that there is a lot of mythology to this, and we are in a world where HBO series exist, and they're hugely massive, and 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 I do like that this is trying something with with you know like I think the 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 idea that the 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 place that this is most prevalent and and most noticeable is in david lynch's adaptation which which tries to cram in a f complete story into an hour and 47 minutes i think yeah. or, or it's even shorter than this but tries to cram in the entire story and by the end of it it's just a mess you know like the first half right. of uh, david lynch's dune is like i'm I, i'm kind of seeing what he's trying I to do get here. it i kind of right, yeah. get it but the second half when they're actually trying to explain where Paul go? It just becomes like absurdist montage, and like none of it really makes sense. And suddenly he's riding sandworms, and and suddenly there's like you know a battle with uh, with Sting that sort of like why is this important? Um, <laughs> but but so I I do like the pitch here. I just think that for me personally, as a as a movie going experience, and just looking at this movie on its own terms, I think it's just. It's it's not so much that it's an unsuccessful movie. It's just that it's really hard to define its success without seeing ha the 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 final half of the movie. You know, like it's it's oh, like sure. it's like yeah. it's like watching Lord of the Rings and and only getting Fellowship. But but see, even in the case of Fellowship, no, not, and not, even not. in the case of the Marvel movies, for example, those are all they all do try to tell complete stories within them. They just sort of tease out this bigger world. This is one where it's like, no, the complete story is literally, there are two parts of this and you you have not seen one half of it. And so that, right. that sense of completion is like very, you know, like there is a real sort of sense of like, well, if this was a TV show, then I think I got it. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I'm on yeah. board. But, if, but this is a movie and it's not quite doing the things that I think the movie yeah. should do. And the white yeah. savior trope of it, yeah. right? Yeah, it just becomes like completely exacerbated because. Well, so it's it's exacerbated for two reasons. Yeah. One, first half of the movie, and that's the most white saviory this entire thing yeah. gets. And two, because it's not presented as mostly in Paul's head, yeah. we're not getting a ton of like the sort of like the. The way that so it's weird because in the books it's it's how Paul is seeing himself, but also how the world is seeing. Paul that Paul can see yeah like and, and right. there's a there's a lot of like there's a lot of nuance like look no question Dune is a white savior trope story the nuance of that in the actual books makes it somewhat palatable although again I go back to always wanting to punch Paul <laughs> like I, I don't I, I don't yeah. think I don't know if Herbert meant to or not but I don't think Paul is meant to be like liked Paul is meant yeah, to be a you, you force know, that you like you know, others you know, deal with 
He's the he's the he's the second tier bad guy to his son, who is the biggest bad the, guy the of God the entire right? yeah. Uh, yeah of the entire series. Yeah, yeah. like Paul, like it's like spoiler, the Fremen, they <laughs> they murder oh a lot of people hmm. in the in the other books, all in Paul's name. Yeah. They they like it's uh I believe in the book he estimates I believe it was 61 billion people in 90 planets mm. 400 religions have been wiped out yeah. because Paul was a whiny bitch <laughs> because the people at the the emperor and the other houses of the Landsrad were mean to him one time. And yeah. there's also I mean look you can you can really dig into because the lore is so deep like a, a couple different other problematic elements with Dune for instance the Bene Gesserit are are like again if you want to read into it and you can and you should because we could look at we should look at things from all angles so the Benny Gesserit have been doing basically uh 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 math eugenics mm. for for millennia mm. right yeah. to get the Kwisatz Haderach to to get Paul, generations. uh yeah right to get it done so if you really want to cycle back oh well it's ladies fault though like and it's this weird like oh that's not that's uh, not that's good. Not good. One thing I will say that I did like and I hope they do this as well is they 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 didn't lean on the Thulfir suspecting Jessica was the traitor and everyone turning right. on Jessica before the thing happened because even in the right. book I was like oh yes of course it's the one lady. She right. did it's it. It's the like, witch lady. It's yeah, literally like, the witch lady. And I'm very glad that they didn't do that. I would have liked some intrigue to sort of like look into how the how the hunter killer got into the uh into the palace or how that slipped through. But there is an interesting mm-hmm. thing in this film, which is that um it does posit that Paul is the central character, right? Like Paul is very much, very much. Yeah. And I actually don't think he's. The, 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 there's a couple of things going on here. One is that the casting is so great that everyone around yeah. Timothy Chalamet is oh, so it, it's interesting it's and so compelling. Interesting. Oh, it's so good. They're, and they're just like every time it's like about about Paul, you're like, ah, this yeah. Guy. Like <laughs> it's just like every time it's like, ah, this fucking guy again. Like yes. you're like. Every, and now you like Doom. Yeah. Everybody else, you're just like, everybody else, you're just like, ah, oh, man, this guy is so interesting. And and for me, Jessica was the most important character in the film and also the most interesting, like, had the most interesting beat. And, and the She's story- the best character in the she, book. Yeah, yeah. She- She's and, she's great. She's and great. the story she gets the last Yun, line in the book. Is it Yun the doctor? Doctor Yun is Yue. that his name? Yeah, Yue. Yue. Well, sorry, Wellington Yue. Yue. Wellington Yue. His betrayal. I I was like, it just it comes off as like a nothing story. Yes. Whereas in right. Whereas it's, when I went was, back and read that you know like it's all about Jessica's entry. I was like, oh, if this first movie was really about who betrays who, and and then at the very end of it, Paul and Jessica walk off. To to an uncertain future with the with the Fremen, I was like yeah. that you know like Jessica should be the first half of like like this first movie should be Jessica's story. This movie should have been well the whole I honestly Dune the first for three books should just be Jessica's story. I mean and it kind of is in a yeah. weird way like if you look at how the how yeah. the stuff is presented but, but that would be like how to reconfigure this not only to a twenty twenty one point of view and not to be and not to have the echoes of Star Wars and everything else into it and the echoes of the white savior trope and the echoes of Orientalism you know like is to actually like reconfigure like what we actually think is interesting. And like, for me again, it was Jessica. I was like, that's, that's your story right there. 
I wish this movie went until they escaped in the sandstorm and they crashed in the desert and that was it. Like I wanted more. Yeah, time. I, I actually, th- I actually yeah. thought that's that's where yeah. it was going to end when like, it, when it first said it's the first half of the book. I'm like, all right, they, and then they, they did crash. The run yeah. from the worm and then they run into the fremen and then they throw the Jamis uh, plot like there before they get back to the sitch. So like, I yeah, I, that, was, that was it strange. was weird. It's fine, but yeah. like my my thing was. UA and the and the order that he belongs in, mm. I forget the name the of the medic, the Sook. The like sook they go through intense mental conditioning in so that to, they are yeah. incapable of harming the royal the royalty that they serve. Yeah. And that's why the the act that he, of betrayal that he does and we build to is so unforeseeable because somehow the Harkonnens have Yeah. Uh, managed to Broken. usurp that uh, Harkonnen. I always say Harkonnen. I don't yeah. know why. Uh, and and that is like impressive and evil and weird. And like, but, but in the film, it's yeah. just like it's just like oh, yeah. I wanted my wife back. Yeah, and he yeah. says it to like the Duke as yeah, he's as he's, like, he's executing his plan. Right. Yeah, it's just it comes off as nothing. I, there's a there's yeah. a good fan theory online which I which I like, which is that the 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 pit that the Harkonnens have is his wife. Oh, I, I thought yeah, that was a cool. Little, a, oh, little, okay. I, I, I mean, that's, I, look, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know enough about the Dune lore to kind of verify that or not. But I, I, I read think that. She's and I thought, dead. Yeah, yeah. But, but, it was, it, but he yeah. did. He, he he did say they like took her apart or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, which, which sounded like they did more than just kill her. They yeah. yeah. And like, so if you and you also, I think that would also get in get a little further into um, the Harkonnens kind of like. Uh, decrepit bodies and their and their sort of fascination with like the decrepit, which oddly is per, is prevalent in in David Lynch's version. You know, like mm-hmm. they talk yeah, a lot he about leans the into that. Yeah, the Baron. Um, you know, like uh, is is uh, you know the Harkonnen, Harkonnens think he's beautiful because he's so decrepit. Yeah, um, there's a lot of yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this does lead into a lot of uh, ooh, ugly people, bad. Like there's a, there's a there's a lot of that too. But but I, but I think what what's interesting there is that that the Harkonnens or is, is it Harkonnens? Harkonnen. I think it's I think it's actually Harkonnen. Yeah, I prefer Harkonnen, but I believe it's actually Harkonnen. So. Whichever it is, I think have an inverse sort of relationship to the body than mm-hmm. than the Altraides, which is sort of closer to what we think of as human beings. You know, the Altraides is supposed to be derivative of the Roman Empire at some point as well. I think is the is the theory. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I would have I, I guess I would have liked that to happen I, I would have loved to have mined a little bit further into that and again this all speaks to that idea that i like the story and i i, I like i think i would enjoy um reading the books and i liked what i was seeing I here i just think the the weight of what i was seeing felt imbalanced by the time we got to the end of it and and when it comes time to have a discussion about it like it's hard to like talk about it in those in that sense because we're not seeing a totality of experience yeah well, we should we should uh we should all get back together on october 21st 2023 mm-hmm. the day after dune part two is released right is that when it's coming out is that is that it, is when it's coming out yeah but even yeah up. and and villeneuve has said as well that he he thinks he he wants to make at least two or three movies in this in this universe yeah uh, which 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 i i think for for this mm-hmm. 
three movies is good because you can you can take uh, you can take Dune Messiah mm. and maybe parts of Children of Dune and uh, like wrap them together like like in the miniseries because and and that effectively or you know not even Children of Dune you you just you basically end Paul's story mm. with him walking off into the desert yeah and then. And that, that's that's that he gets blinded and spoiler yeah. alert, he gets blinded and he and he he, he dies. He's given back to Shyamalan. I have a theory on on why certain pieces of this movie were sort of left out. Like I, what I hope happens and what might be planned, and, and it would make sense even from a casting or trying to get the best like the most star power for your buck kind of shit. I hope Dune Part Two opens to a flashback of the dinner, right. Because you get all your actors back. You get that moment, Steve, that you're talking about. We get to be introduced to the, um, oh, they come in later. Why am I blanking on their fucking, on their goddamn names? Uh, oh, Count Fer- Fer- Ferning and uh, oh, Fenring yeah, and Lady yeah, Fenring. Yeah, Fenring. Like, and you get like all of these other sort of side players that would come in that I'm sure are going to have more bits later. Mm-hmm. But like you kind of get that like, I don't know. I want... I want that scene to set up like sort of the stakes again and what's sort of happening and then slam back to like, oh, shit. Well, now I, I don't know. I, I, I That's what I hope. Now, here's the white guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. But but actually, it's yeah. fine. Well, let's. I don't. Uh, it's just. Uh, just uh, I don't. Oh. I don't. I don't think they're going to address the. Uh, I don't think that's. I, I think that would be cool. But I don't think Fenring is going to be in here. You're not going to have the proto Quizash Hatterich that he like Paul like can't read. I even like I also don't know. Like I feel like I feel like it's a toss up between whether Sting's character is. Yeah. You don't think Ra- Fade's gonna be in it? I, yeah. I like. I think they. I think they may just make Raban the Batista character, right? The, the, the Dave Batista character. So like I, like I want that, but I think I, I'm. Am I upset that uh, like a lot of these great characters are undeveloped? Like I would have liked more, but I also just for. I, I think I understand for the sake of sake of time and for the sake of WB wanting to be like, yeah, you need to get some more explosions and and, and whatnot. That that he he threaded this as best as he could, and mm-hmm. it's not a it's not the deepest dish you're gonna have, mm. but it will certainly it's it's it satisfies to it has all the it has all the right it's almost all the right things in there. It yes, it has to leave out a, a great deal of things and even create some new things. At the, the those opening scenes in the beginning. We're not there in the book. I think the book opens basically with Paul sticking yep. his hand in the in the box. Right. Which, oh, by the yeah, way, close. which by, which which uh, which I have to say, by the way, my favorite bit of acting Chalamet's ever done. Yeah. Just the, just the way he's like, I'm like, his face is his face is great. That I mean, uh, you're acting against. Oh gosh, what's her name? Charlotte, Charlotte Rampling. Rampling. Oh yeah. I mean. Yeah, and that's got to be tough. And she, yeah. Yeah, a friend of, um, a friend of mine actually just directed Charlotte Rampling in a New Zealand film, Juniper. By the way, everyone should go check that out. Oh, cool! If you have access to Juniper, uh, which is a New Zealand film, come out by a friend of mine, Matthew Saville. Uh, Charlotte Rampling's in it, and he write, he's written a lot about uh, not only the intimidation factor of working with Charlotte Rampling, but just like <laughs> the, the just how difficult it was to get. And Villeneuve, uh, you know, he does that GQ sort of oh Vanity Fair Vanity Fair uh, breakdown of a scene. He talks about yeah, we had Charlotte Rampling. We put her in like a veiled mask the entire film. Yeah, which is really tricky because yeah. you got one of the world's greatest actresses, uh, right. and you entirely cover her face. I actually did like. Uh, there, there's a lot of when I went back to watch Lynch's version of this, I, I was sort of struck by how they do hit a lot of the same beats. And I think what's interesting to me about this experience is like finding out the, which moments in the Dune lore have become iconic. 
um, you know, like mm-hmm. the you know the the Gomjabor scene is is uh, 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 an immense moment in the Dune. In, in this expanse of six novels, this one scene really sticks out to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And because it, honestly, you know why? Because a lot of times that's the only scene they read. And then like, then they like, drop out. Um, so I think I think that's and again I, I'm not mad at the adaptation I just think that it's tricky I I, I want to pull up this um, this review from the Observer uh, by a, a writer I really like by the way uh, Sedanta Dlaka uh, who writes about the essentially the the title of the essay is uh, Dune is a, a sprawling Orientalist fever dream um, <laughs> but uh, he talks really uh, really eloquently about about how to how he read this film and I and I and I quite like this which is that um uh oh sorry hang on I've, I've just dumped here uh dune isn't exactly the kind of story that can be decoupled from its permeating orientalism which without it would barely exist however while most characters and dialogues always circle this ugly dynamic the film is actually the film is actually at its most thematically effective when cinema's otherwise most useful tools people's faces and their words are removed entirely dune is spellbinding when it captures architecture shaped by oblique light sleek shapes gliding across an unforgiving desert and enormous industrial machines extracting natural resources from beneath the sand at 155 minutes in length the film has plenty of room for such scenes where individual characters are no longer the focus and the terrain tells its own story um and he kind of goes on to suggest later, if there's a cut of Dune Part 1 that's, that's just all establishing wide shots, it would probably play like a sci-fi remix of documentaries by Ron Frick or Godfrey Reggio. Uh, it would probably avoid the silliness of uh, like composer Hans Zimmer's, who percussions are per- certainly propulsive, accompanying every third close-up of Paul while vocals ball, uh, bordering utilating. Um, uh, or the sloppily coating of a House of Trades as Western military power while dressing women in vaguely Middle Eastern clothes. I think, you know, like, I, I like that summary because I think there's just a lot to like here and there's a lot to extract from this. And I am, I am taken and struck by my first step into the Dune verse as a complete Dune novice. And I have been compelled, uh, perhaps in the fact that we're going to be having, that we were sort of scheduled to have this conversation to feel like I wanted to learn more about the Dune universe, but also I kind of wanted the movie to do that. And, and I wanted the experience of the movie to do that as opposed to, you know, I wanted the movie to do that to for new folks too. Because yeah. look, again, we've talked about it. The visuals and the way this movie is presented to you is phenomenal. Mm. I I truly believe that the world of Dune in the novels is just as phenomenal and you do not get that in this film. It covers a lot of ground with all of the things you just listed here and, and the things we've all talked about the three of us. But you don't get the depth of and and the the sheer sort of volume that makes this sort of uh you know tropey shit that dune has in it as well like that makes it sort of surpass that and in the movie you just don't get that you get you, you hopefully the visuals pull everyone through to get over that tropey stuff whereas in the novel there's a bunch of information and, and again steve you mentioned it too we know why they did this like if they have to make a movie, this is kind of have to has to be what it is. I think we all go back to wouldn't it be neat if it was a ten episode series so we yeah. could have the time to do this and then newcomers could get the same sort of feeling, yada yada yada. Right. Yeah. I I liked how they introduced the universe, hmm. and in, in in that mostly because I'm just comparing it to Irulan, just 
spouting off like <laughs> the gloss the the glossary from the from yeah. from the end of the book it's it's it felt how they organically just like put that in like what's like that that scene between uh jessica and uh paul at mm-hmm. the at the very beginning like the very first scene it's mm. uh them just uh, just eating breakfast and she asked him to you know command me use the use the voice and you're like well, what what is she talking about? And then it happens. You go, oh, I get exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I thought, you know, and granted, I'm, I'm coming. I'm also coming from a place of having, you know, I know what a mentet is. I, I know this. I know that. When Thufir, when you know, he's asked like, how much did that cost them? Yeah. And Thufir's eyes flip up. I'm like, oh, I like. You know what? Ah, he, and yeah. he, you know, he did that, and then he came out with this like advanced number. Like, oh, he, he just, he just did something smart. I really, I really appreciate that. So just like the way they were able to do that. Yeah, I thought it was nice, and it's never going to be as awesome, yeah, or as like cool as the as the as the book is. You know, because you know you have the the Butlerian Jihad, mm-hmm. which yeah. is is, is uh, the war against the machines. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. in this that's universe, like, you know, the animatrix happened, never, right? Yeah, in this yeah. world, oh, the animatrix yeah, happened, and yeah, the, the, yeah, the anime traps it, and the and the uh, and the and the and the Padasha Emperor is yeah. you know he's descended from the Carinos, who were the leaders who <laughs> defeated them at the at the battle, and you know Atreides was his lieutenant, and blah 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 blah, and, and, and all that. Uh, so yeah, I think you know it's never it's never going to be the book, it never can be the book, but for like just it's like show like in a yeah. show don't tell universe where like I think Villeneuve is great at mm. sh- at showing. Uh, it it like really works because I like to think you know I don't I don't I haven't talked to anybody who has never read the books and has seen the movie yet. You but just told them like, <laughs> well, well, and and who and who has and who has done and no who hasn't idea. done their homework, right, right, right. and who's yeah, who's, who's just like a regular person who doesn't have a podcast. Which if if, if such people exist, I'm not. Oh, I only sure. speak to people who have podcasts. <laughs> by the way, I think that's where we're at now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and, and no, but to, but to that point, I think you're, you're you're right, which is that it shouldn't be overlooked that this is an enormous undertaking, and there are such great uh, extractions from the book that that are done really smartly here. You know, to, to again to that point where I didn't feel the two and a half hours at all, and I also was oh, compelled yeah. by the propulsion of the narrative, despite like there was subtle hints at like entirely, you know, uh, like you say. Uh, l- millennia of lore that you know, like that goes back so far that's that's only hinted at in the story, you know, by by a brief gesture. And it's like it's it is it is remarkable when a filmmaker, do, you know, like when when a filmmaker is tasked to do that and then does it so well. You know, I think mm-hmm. Villeneuve is just is just a once in a lifetime kind of filmmaker, and we've seen that with all his other films. Um, and you know, again, the production design in this film is phenomenal. You know, like the actual design of the worlds. Oh my god, is is remarkable. I love, um, I love that. Uh, you know, Villeneuve, who's who's worked with Roger Deakins, also works with Greg Fraser in this, and uh, Greg Fraser is a fantastic Australian um, cinematographer. Um, but really, it really sticks to what compels him you know like he's not a filmmaker that is like um he he has a voice and 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 things that he likes and is very very uh, much wielding the blockbuster to his own whims which i think is is a very challenging thing to do and there's very few people that can do that yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. he he makes it you know if must see and you yeah. know he uses he he uses the screen he yeah. uses it and again in a way not we haven't seen since like, david lean making yeah. his most epic of epics i think it's uh yeah. it's 
And I guess so pretty to look at. It is so pretty to look at. So much. And just, I guess, uh, you know, I feel like those are some final thoughts from both of you. It feels like anyway. Mine would just be, I was so happy to see this thing in a theater. I, I, I do wish it would connect. uh, It would do a little bit more to, and again, it's, it's the medium's fault. It's not, it's not actually the film's fault. It's a film and therefore it has to follow certain rules to fit in the timelines that we've arbitrarily given them and yada 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 to make sure that people will actually go to the theater and not sit through and have to now go pee twice. Like the 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 I wish that there was more ways to get people in on all of the really fun knowledge, but that's a TV show and that's not what this is. So in lieu right. of that, I will take these gorgeous visuals and these micro uh uh you know acting ticks and and things to tell me things or hint at things or make things more like, like, ooh, what does that mean? And maybe that will spark people to go want to figure it out. Because the cool thing about this is, even though it leaves a shit ton of stuff out, it lets you know that stuff is there. And right. and yeah. there is a very well easy place to go find that stuff if you are interested and it has piqued your interest. So Is it the, is it the internet? <laughs> I mean, sure, but also I, I kind of mean the book. <laughs> <laughs> Before yeah. we go, uh, I did want to like someone pointed this out um, to me earlier today at, that the the bitter adaptation of a story like this or a, a similar story that that's remnant of this is um, um, Michael Corleone in The Godfather, who is ascendant to power and is not willing to and and doesn't approve and doesn't believe that his power can wield for good, but ultimately succumbs to it. And I thought I thought that was actually a really good analogy of like where this would be interesting, um, because I don't and and The Godfather is a really good example of telling a singular story despite like a big mythology that goes on behind the whole thing um, in later in later chapters as well. So I kind of like that. And then I just wanted to shout out. Uh, reached out to uh, our people on the internet just to see what people had to say about uh, about Dune. And this one came in from Jacob, who basically echoed everything that we said, which was that <laughs> it was uh, a somewhat harsh sound off. So much focus on stunning visual world building combined with heavily foreshadowed plot makes it hard to recommend as a single viewing experience, which I think is something we've all kind of tapped into here. Uh, please uh, write in, write us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up at onlymoviepod with more of your Dune thoughts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, may, uh, oh, yeah. uh, hold on, hold on. May, uh, may I add something? Uh, I just think that w- the time we are living in now, despite the pandemic and being terrible, it's actually a really interesting time because, okay, you have, um, it's a time for, especially for uh, going, it's like sci- sci-fi, fantasy, tropes and things coming into the forefront so we have uh we have dune right now uh also i mentioned before foundation is and yeah. that's uh you know that's another foundational work of, of <laughs> science fiction which has done things and they all they, they share some similarities in that there's uh there's uh fu- there are future that there there are guards against future calamity and they both go about it the same way and in, in foundation they build basically a knowledge center to contain all of knowledge and protect against the uh, galactic decay in dune paul walks down uh, he starts down something called the golden path which essentially is means like humanity don't trust charismatic leaders don't trust white saviors don't trust this that or the other thing get the fuck out of here yep. make your own make your own way 
essentially, I think it boils down to the robots are coming back and we need to be ready for them because they can sense us. But um, <laughs> also, also coming out next month, just under a month, and I'm very excited for this because I'm another huge, uh, another huge fan, is uh, Amazon is releasing the uh, Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series, hmm, which yes, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you're fam- uh, familiar with that. But this, it, th- if you want, you watch Dune and then, or read Dune and then read Wheel of Time and be like, oh, yeah, that's... Definitely, there are there are so many so many similar things. But what is interesting is that here, I think, uh, in Wheel of Time, it deals it it cycles and it so it deals with the you know it it starts off Lord of the Rings like, yeah. but it does have a uh, savior messiah character who comes around who is yeah. who's born into it and has to defeat the Dark One and 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 so on and so forth. But um, what's interesting is that. In this, in that, in that book series, there is a group of magic wielding women mm-hmm. who are known as Aes Sedai, mm-hmm. who uh, are charged with, who are basically the the grand power in the world. They manipulate, they manipulate politics, much like the Bene, uh, the Bene Gesserit, mm-hmm. and they are not. They, unlike the Bene Gesserit, they are not. Uh, they actively hunt dudes who can use the power right uh because it will drive them crazy and like destroy a lot of a lot of things that's like the that's how the the story starts right uh whereas in here they're uh you know they're they're seeking the the male half of this right. this power the the one who can see many places be in many places at once the quizess hatterack so they can manipulate him and control him and that doesn't work out but uh what's interesting is that i believe the adaptation of wheel of time uh, it you know the books focus on the three of the main characters who are all who are all dudes, yeah. but the bo- the show is heavily focused on um, the women, on the on the women on the on the Aes Sedai on uh, on on one one character who's played by Rosamund Pike, who's right? Amazing, uh, and so it's like I would be curious if you watched that. Mm-hmm. And then watch this, just because because what you were saying is that you would like it to be focused on Jessica. Yeah, and I think I like obviously I haven't seen it yet because it has to come out. But I think the uh, the Wheel of Time is going to be focused more on Moraine, who's yeah. Rosamund Pike, uh, than it is on the on the on on, on the on the boys on the on, and one of them one of whom is the eventual savior of of, of, of everything. Uh, so like it's uh, it's it's just that's not how the book goes. So that's yeah. an adapt adaptational choice. Yeah, uh, that I think is updating the material yeah. to a 2021 uh, standard, uh, if you will, uh, which may or may not work depending. Uh, I'm still like a little iffy on like exactly what they're going for and how they're going to adapt 14 novels. <laughs> I, I, I'm thing, very but, curious uh, to check that out. And I, I think my point, you know, not to rehash it here, but is that Jessica had the most compelling moments in this yep. film. And that's why I was like, oh, why isn't it her story? You know, like, th- th- I guess that was the thing, which is that Paul's story was not compelling to me. It was it was a lot of, <laughs> as people have dubbed it on the internet, Zendaya perfume commercials, whereas Jessica's <laughs> story was like, oh, you know, like she was I, I, actually like tormented by what she had done and what she had brought upon the world and 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 still you know her love for a child so i, I just thought that was uh yeah. an interesting take but i the, i, I like yeah. this idea pa- of like 
revisionist adaptations which like reverse what we think is important yeah well it's so uh, interesting because yeah. then uh, i guess this will be my my last double down last thing is the way that dune is positioned is exactly what steve said it's a actual deconstruction and i do not trust the white savior do not trust the one that will say that says they can save you like mm-hmm. that's that's a huge more like that's a huge message in dune yeah. in the series not in this right. film this film right. does the first part of that setting up that white savior setting up that thing and the interesting thing i think back in the day or even from a from a cultural standpoint when looking at it when dune was first written to when it was now obviously whether or not they were on a subconscious level aware of it we weren't really talking about like the white savior trope or or pop culture or or general audiences weren't really talking about that because of the way media functioned and and it is i'm glad we are having these conversations now the interesting thing about what you just said steve about this different series on amazon um wheels of time wheels of time thank you wheel of time. uh wheel of time mm. uh the that they're sort of seeing a little bit of the writing on the wall and they're like ah yes we can pivot this because people are already familiar with this thing and now we can sort of move forward with it while still maintaining the the true sort of what that work was trying to say where dune shows not to do that Mm. dune dune chose to we're gonna do this we're gonna we're we're doing it live we're doing it as written (laughs) and we're gonna see it as it unfolds but what would have been hilarious and incredibly sad would have been if it didn't get its sequel greenlit and this is all we got because then I feel like a lot of people would just be like, "What is what?" Mm-hmm. Like yeah. because if you when you if you don't have that that turn, I get that they want to set up the, the thing for the turn, but if you don't have that turn ever, then it's just a straight up white savior movie, and it's weird and not interesting, and that's why we're always looking at other characters because we're like they're far more interesting. So yeah. I it's. It's interesting the two different properties doing what they will, and we'll see how it all shakes out. I yeah. will say it should have either, either, either way. Great time. It should have either been Jessica's story or or um, Leto's beard. One of those two. I yeah, would have I would have watched yeah. two that was a hours of yeah, yeah, Leto's great. beard. Yeah. I'm also I'm also half convinced that the 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 scene where where Leto is uh, where Leto like kills all the uh, the Harkonnens with the, with the tooth. Spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, that that Oscar Isaac was like, I'm gonna do the scene. Naked. She's like, no, you don't have to. Like, no, no, no. He's like, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm I work it. for this. It's yeah. like I'm just like just film. Like, uh, okay. It's like, I he, also he, he pulled a sting. He he pulled. Yeah. He, he was like, pull sting. sting got to do it. I'm gonna do it. I love that Skarsgård when they found him was like on the ceiling in his yeah. hover thingy. I oh, thought so that good. was really yeah. good too. Was great. Anyway, was great. Yeah, we yep. could literally yes. keep talking about this all Dune day, but this has been the only podcast about the film Dune. Steve, thank you so much for coming and lending your expertise and your lovely speaking voice and and all of the uh, oeuvre that you bring to uh, our table. Thank you for having me. I am so glad I got to talk with this about you guys, man. And Shahir, I haven't <laughs> seen you in so long. I and know. I, I haven't like dug into a movie yeah. uh, in so long, you guys. So well, thank well, you for this opportunity. I'm glad. I'm glad you it. could do it, uh, uh, Steve. Where can folks find you if they want to hear more of your of your dulcet tones or ramblings? Uh, I think my old podcast, uh, which was uh, what was my old podcast called? The Oscar, uh, oh, no, Oscar Watch. Have... Oscar Watch is. I think that's still up on SoundCloud. Uh, other than that, you can come find me uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Kid is in school, and I am 
looking for things to do. So just like come on <laughs> Wait, down to Brooklyn. Are you inviting and we'll people talk to your about house? Movies. Is this what's happening? I am inviting people. I'm inviting people to Brooklyn if they want to go hang out in the park yeah. and talk okay. about movies. Like, right. you can just okay. like just wave, just wave me down. You can so find. You I find guess someone in, a, in, in Prospect Park <laughs> named Steve. Just like, just maybe, what's a code word from June that they could use <laughs> right. to like come up to you? Uh, like, Shihalud. Just say Shihalud. Uh, right. Fair. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> uh, Shahir, when you are not uh, uh, diving headfirst into the sands of Dune and coming up with spice all around your nose, where can folks find you? You can find me writing sandworms on my website at www.shahirdad.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Matt, when you are uh, floating to the ceiling... Uh, shielding your corpulent body from the poisonous gases that come out of my mouth and Steve's mouth, where can people find you? You can find me just really dig and fade Ralph over at my website, <laughs> M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com, yeah. my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Also, please check out the good works we're doing over at Extra Credits by the time this drops. Not only will we be on Nebula... This oh. podcast. Hey. Um, so that we're uh, on the moon, baby. We're on the moon. Uh, you can check out us, all of our stuff there. But over on EC, uh, I believe at this point, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, we will just have released uh, our extra credits on how to craft fictional morality systems in your video games, and we'll be on the second uh, episode of the historical paradox that was the conquest of India. So <laughs> please go check out all of that stuff. Um, next week, we have a special guest, Shahir. Do we not? Another one. We had Steve this week. Special and now, guest and, yeah. and quite possibly one of my favorite movies of all time. We're going to be talking about uh, Alfonso Cuaron's 2000 and, ooh, I want to say 2002 film, uh, Mama Tambian with oh, uh, Other Men Need Help uh, podcaster Mark Pagan. So I'm really Really looking forward to that. I, I Matt, are you? Uh, have you seen *Yutu Mama Tambian* before? Or a long time ago. Oh, yeah. it is. Oh, it's it's so, it's so good. I will I'm, be revisiting I'm, I'm like, it. Honestly, I'm like a little. I'm a little. I'm a little mad that I'm not on that show. <laughs> love that movie. Oh uh, my god, it's it's quite possibly <laughs> it's so good. Quite possibly one of my top. I like. I, I sort of hate even quantifying it as like top five or something like that. But when I think about my love of movies and and why I love movies, Yitumama Tambian figures into that uh, quite quite heavily. So, how many uh, Mentats are in it? There are at least four, which they okay. pass in the Mexican desert, but they can only count to ten each. So it's they're not very effective. Uh, oh, okay. And they have a threesome, so you know, take with that what you want. No, there's I mean, a, yeah, uh, there's you know, a, a, a little, a little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah. Um. All right, everybody. Well, we will talk at your ear holes next week. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I guess uh, the spice must flow, and so must we into what wherever we go when this podcast ends. We will go to 2023 when we come back for the other one yeah. of these movies. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm like, I guess do we That's just live in a sort of... Flowing, I right? guess. We're just going to go back to the, 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 the fever dream that is whatever is the between time between when you hear us. Oh, God, he used the voice. All right. We're... Oh, my God. Oh, now I got to edit that. Bye, everybody. Bye.